This is Tim Redondo with World Connections, and it is my job to connect you with inspiring people from all around the world. Let's get connected. Hey, Warren, you there? Yeah. Cool. Boom. We're live. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Very cool. Well, uh, for anyone who may be tuning in, I invited... Uh, gentleman Warren G. Is that how you say your last name? Warren G. Yep. Yeah, and uh, he is the uh, founder of Evolved Alchemy, which I think is, I personally think is just fascinating. He's diving into the realm of uh, making herbal medicines and a, a certain process called spagyrics. And uh, I'm just going to kind of just dive in uh, from there and let, let Warren take it away a little bit with. Uh, you know, Warren, let, let, let the listeners know a little bit about your background and uh, maybe a little bit about uh, your business and what you're doing in uh, Colorado. Yeah, so uh, I originally went to school for organic chemistry, and I was really interested in mostly making medicines with plants. And there wasn't a whole lot that I was offered in terms of the education and, you know, job market uh with organic chemistry a lot of it was you know chemical synthesis and whatnot um and so from researching the foundations of uh, i also got really into philosophy but from researching the foundation of philosophy and chemistry is when i kind of ran into alchemy and from alchemy i was able to kind of articulate a lot of really old school subjects and procedures into uh, more of a chemical mindset where I could see what the actual procedure is. Um, you know, a lot of alchemical text is kind of just a, a run on sentence. And so if you can break it down and see a procedure, you can actually follow it a lot better. Um, and uh, yeah, so all that kind of has led me to starting my own business. Uh, it's called Evolved Alchemy and we make spagyric tinctures out of i think we have over like 45 to 50 different herbs that we use in our blends and then we also offer extraction for other companies and that's where i think uh you know the company's really been set apart from other companies is i can process extracts herbs for other companies at big enough scales so that it's actually lucrative a lot of spagyrics goes for a ridiculous price and that's because there's so much involved in it and i mean there's just a lot of different ways you can make a spagyric and so i'm mostly focused on the the chemical synthesis of making new plant compounds from the chemistry within the plant and that's really what evolved alchemy is all about is that bringing more of that scientific mindset to something that's very esoteric yeah, absolutely. Um, I was looking at your uh, Instagram, and I love some of the things that, that y'all were doing on there. Like, I was watching y'all, like, take all these herbs and throw, like, a, I mean, I guess in a cauldron and just, like, I don't know, like, slow motion fire burning. And I guess that's the, uh, cal- what is it, calcination or yep. of mm-hmm. the spagyric process is kind of breaking it down and trying to get the, the minerals of it. And, uh, yeah, man, the, the whole process of alchemy, I've been kind of fascinated with lately because... After I started kind of diving into it, you know, people think about alchemy as like 
turning lead into gold and people think it's like maybe just like that's the whole process is like the philosopher's stone but then when I started breaking it down it was more about like as a metaphor and it's like turning uh lead-based consciousness like someone of like average consciousness into uh gold like a higher level conscious person and they did that from what I read is through the process of like herbal medicine and that's what kind of started diving me down that rabbit hole and I started learning more and more, and then I started finding out about spagyrics, which I thought was particularly fascinating. So uh, what, uh, for the listeners who may not know, and something tells, <laughs> something tells me a lot of people may not be familiar with that word, could you break down uh, what spagyric is, uh, spagyrics is? Yeah, so uh, to kind of touch on what you said, a lot of, like you said, a lot of alchemy is, um, you know, the philosopher's stone. Uh there's a lot of different references to that. There's a lot of uh, not necessarily misinformation, but you could think of alchemy as uh, coming from a time when people, you know, were discovering things. And if you discover something and you don't understand it, it may seem very mystical. Um, so, for example, you know, one guy distills uh like wine and makes a pure alcohol that would light on fire. Um, he attributed it to uh, basically like distilling and gathering uh, energy from the heavens and making a, a water that represented fire. Um, he thought it was the philosopher's like liquid. Um, he just made alcohol and, you know, we, we buy triple distilled vodka and all kinds of stuff at the store. And, you know, we don't think of it as an alchemical method. Um, but, you know, to touch on that more, there's, uh, there's four kingdoms in alchemy. There's the plants, animals, minerals, and metals. And kind of as you go down that line, the idea is the more you go into your subconscious. And so metals are like the deep subconscious of the mind. Um, I also don't think that you should eat any metals. Um, there are some alchemists who do that and, uh, yeah, I just, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, <laughs> a lot of alchemy really is about understanding the laws of nature. And so the intro to alchemy is mastering the plant realm, um, which is specifically called spagyrics. And so that was a word coined by Paracelsus in the 1500s. And it's literally just the alchemy of plants. They had words for the alchemy of um, minerals, metals, animals. Um, I mean, you name it. They came up with different words for every single thing. Um, and, you know, really the alchemy of metals back in the day was metal smithing. You know, if you could forge a sword, that was, that was straight magic. Um, Nowadays, we don't see it that way as much. Um, but really, understanding the laws of those different kingdoms, um, each having their own solvent, uh, and then each kind of different material in that realm has different compounds in it. Um, spagyrics and alchemy in general is the breakdown of what they call the, the prima materia or prime matter. And I like to say that prime matter is consciousness. Um, it's what we're perceiving uh, through. And so this prime matter was 
was broken further down into uh, what they called fixed and volatile. If you take anything and heat it up, you're going to separate its volatile components from its fixed components. Um, and then they further broke that down into uh, separation of the four elements, uh, earth, water, air, and fire. And from there, they broke it down into what they call salt, sulfur, and mercury. Um, we still don't really know what that means. In a spiritual context, the salt represents the body, the mercury represents the spirit, and the sulfur represents the soul. Um, and so we have now spiritual concepts of soul, spirit, and body. And it was about really uh, purifying those three principles from a plant um, and then recombining those principles back together in a more purified form. So you have soul, spirit, and body coming back together in this really much more potent form. And all you're doing is using the, the energies of nature, um, you know, fire, distillation, uh, condensation to collect these different um, compounds uh, from a plant and then reintroducing them back together. That would complete the spagyric tincture. And through that, there's so many different ways of actually making a spagyric um, because that's just the guideline. You can do all sorts of fermentations, distillations. You can separate different parts at different times. Um, and that's where, you know, I like to say you are the alchemist. You can literally do whatever you want in that realm. Um, but I would definitely say it helps to be highly educated in the understanding of uh, chemicals, polarity, and how all that stuff works. You know, if you're going to blindly make an extract of a plant, and you have no idea what you're extracting, um, you may think that it's a very spiritualized tincture, but you actually burned all the medicinal com like compounds in the process. Um, you're not going to have a very powerful medicine. Uh, right. And that's just, you know, having a grasp on the physical realm um, versus a lot of alchemy is very esoteric, spiritual, planetary, um, you know, intuitive, energetic and you know those are all things that are good to know but i also think um you know that's something they really talk about in alchemy is uh the fusion of the opposites it's really about um you know fusing uh there's a, a quote called aura labora which means prayer and work and i like to say meditation and work um you know meditating on theoretical concepts and how they may be influenced by different energies that are much more subtle um, and fusing that with, okay, where do we find these energies in a physical sense? And that's where, you know, things get interesting when you attribute, I guess, soul, spirit, and body to, you know, the, the sulfur of a plant being its essential oils or the vitamins contained in the plant. That's literally the soul of a plant. Um, and then, you know, the mercury or the spirit of plants, I mean, some people might be able to guess what the spirit of plants is. It's alcohol. We still call alcohol spirits today. Um, and then the body of the plant was its minerals. And so 
you know, putting all three of those back together, you get new compounds formed. You'll get color changes in your tincture. Um, you'll get different esters, uh, different flavors, smells. I mean, it's, in my opinion, it's, it's straight up magic, but there's a chemical explanation for what's happening. Um, and then there's an alchemical explanation for what's causing it to happen. And that's really another really cool quote I like is, uh, chemistry is a science of facts and alchemy is a science of causes. And that's something that we're missing a lot from our current education is we don't think of things in an esoteric or spiritualized manner when we're looking at chemistry equations. Um, but the fact is we don't know what causes those reactions. We may think we know, but alchemy kind of gives a more intuitive understanding that, you know, can offer a lot of insight. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was, uh, you know, I've been taking regular tinctures for a little while. And then once I started looking and doing more research on spagyrics, I was, I was kind of getting intimidated a little bit because I was looking at some YouTube videos and they're just like saying like, you know, burn it, kind of turn it into ashes. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, oh, hold on. All right. Thank you. Um, I thought that was really interesting, but then I started looking at some of your pictures. I think it was some of the ones you showed and like the minerals that you broke down, it didn't really look like ash or anything. It looked like crystals or like, like pretty much, I guess like salt, you know, uh, in its own way. Like, is there a certain process that you do that's like, I don't know, more detailed or requires like certain kind of equipment? Because it seemed kind of weird to me that like people were like just taking ash, I guess, and like, you know, burning it and then like putting it in their tincture. I'm like, I don't know if that's, I don't know, that just seemed a little sketchy to me, but the material you had looked like, looked like, I don't know, a lot different than theirs. So um, yeah. do you know what I'm talking about? Like, are there, are there just Definitely. different types of ways you can do it? Yeah. Well, so there's right. a, a basic, uh, well, I guess we'll just, we can kind of cover the different spagyric processes. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of it, uh, you know, I think one of them is called the magistry of a plant where you'll take the plant, you'll distill its essential oils and you'll just get those essential oils. And then you'll take the leftover plant material, you'll ferment it um, to get the alcohol and then you'll distill the alcohol off. And then after you get your alcohol, you'll take the leftover plant material and then you'll burn it to an ash and then you'll recrystallize the minerals from the ash. Um, that's where some people don't, they'll just use the ash. Um, and then you'll take all three and you'll have your essential oil oils, your alcohol that's been distilled and your purified minerals, which was the soul spirit and body. And you'd put them back together and you'd have your magistry. Um, that is a terrible way to extract any plant that has heavy oils. Uh, so for instance, if you made a magistry out of cannabis, there'd be no cannabinoids. Um, if you did that with red reishi or chaga mushroom, you'd have no carbohydrates, which are the most immune boosting parts of those mushrooms. Um, but say you did it with lavender or oregano or uh, something with a lot of essential oils, it would actually be really powerful. Um, that's a magistry. What I do is just a straight up, uh, and you could see how that old school method would take so much time, you know, to ferment a plant 
and then distill all the alcohol. If you use a plant that doesn't have any sugar, you're, you're not going to get any alcohol. Um, and so what I do is I do a uh, kind of not necessarily a basic, um, but it's more of a thorough extraction that you can apply to every plant um, that does involve certain types of equipment, mostly a sock slit extractor. And so what I do is I buy organic cane alcohol, um, which is just cheaper. It, you know, it makes it cheaper for the end consumer. It's organic cane alcohol, still high quality. And then I'll take that and I'll make a basic tincture, um, but I'll use a sock slit extractor, which is basically a kind of a circulating recycling alcohol extractor um, that operates at low temperatures. And so I can make a really strong tincture in like six to eight hours versus a, a month. Um, mm. And that really is just about getting all the different compounds out of the plant, both water and oil soluble. And a sock slit with alcohol, you can pull out literally everything out of a plant. Um, and so from that, I take the plant and burn it. And this is, you know, burning and calcination of plant materials, probably the most, uh, difficult thing for people to do and understand you know when do you ever learn how to burn something well um, <laughs> and so you know through that i have a lot of organic chemistry background and that basically says if you crystallize something and you don't make crystals it's not very pure and so yeah that photo you're referring to um was actually uh hemp minerals from i think that was the third burn maybe fourth uh, wow. and that's kind of uh my own research into making what they call a plant stone similar to the philosopher's stone but within the plant realm um but uh yeah i mean you'll take your ash you gotta calcine it and when i say calcine i mean you gotta get that thing hot um and we've all How seen it happen have to get it like what, what kind of, I was hearing somewhere as high as like, someone was burning as high as like 1500 degrees in like this little oven. I saw this little like spiritual lady talking about it on YouTube. Is, is that like pretty much the appropriate temperature or so? Or I wouldn't say so. I've gotten really good calcinations with an alcohol flame, which burns at low temperatures. Um, what's interesting is plants have their own energy stored in carbon bonds, essentially. So, you know, say you're watching a log burn at a campfire, you're going to see it light on fire. You're going to see that orange flame, which is basically uh, fumes and different constituents that have, uh, you know, like oils and whatnot. Those are going to burn and make a flame. They're reacting with oxygen. When you get down to the calcination is when that log flame goes out and it's this black coal, but it's glowing red hot. That's calcination. And so you, you have to go through the same process with a plant, um, you know, burning off all its uh, any residual moisture, any heavy oils that didn't get extracted. Those are going to burn off and then it's going to turn black charcoal and then it's going to get red hot. You don't need that hot of a flame to kind of start that reaction. Um, you can just, I use a propane jet burner. Um, mm. You can get them from uh, Bayou burners. They're made for like boiling water and like doing big boils. Um, and that works great for both burning and calcination. 
Um, some people do get really into the, you know, super high heat thing. And really, I've just seen a lot of people blow up kilns. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think, you know, just dealing with a jet burner is totally, you know, it's easy. You're not going to blow up anything. Um, and really, it just takes time and patience. Um, to yeah, get... where did you, uh, how did you, I mean, uh, forgive me if you already said this, but like, how did you dive into this just through your chemistry background? You, you, and then you, your fascination with maybe medicine and herbs just kind of like dove you into this or did, uh, did you kind of do your own research or just through your own knowledge of what you learned in school, maybe of chemistry, you just kind of put, cause I'm kind of like a noob when it comes to chemistry. Like I didn't do very well in class. So, you know, I, I would just uh, not really even know where to begin, but were you just someone who already knew how chemistry worked and then you figured it out or did you kind of mentor under someone to learn that um how did you kind of go about that process of like learning how to perfect this uh, craft so you know being in school for organic chemistry uh i was one of the top of my class um especially in like lab-based things i as a sophomore i took quantitative analysis which was a junior level class um junior or senior level and I was like two weeks ahead of everybody in my lab class. Um, and it was primarily just lab based. Um, and so within quant, you learn a lot about extraction, uh, making sure you got all of the compound out of your sample. Um, and, you know, so I learned a lot from that class. Um, and then I also did organic chemistry research for a summer and that was, um, I was synthesizing isoelectric compounds that could have activity in like, uh, basically solar cells. And so I learned all these really interesting concepts of how to synthesize different compounds, how to recrystallize them, how to purify them, how to separate them from each other. Um, and you know, that was all really cool to me, but at the same time I felt, uh, just not as enthusiastic as I did going into it, you know, kind of like, this is it, you know, this is, this is the hardest class, um, in my chemistry degree. Um, and being, you know, this isn't really, I didn't learn anything from, uh, you know, originally I went to school cause I wanted to learn how to make medicine from plants. Turns out that doesn't exist. Um, you learn how to synthesize compounds from plants with no reference to the plant. And so that kind of like really um, gave me this itch of like, all right, I'm not learning what I wanted to learn. I'm learning all this really cool stuff, but none of it, none of it has to do with isolating compounds from plants, seeing how these different compounds in plants react. Um, organic chemistry does kind of give a lot of in-depth information on like what compounds come from plants and how they react, but they're not specific. Um, and so, you know, through my research, I found alchemy um, and started reading it. Uh, I got a book. It's called Spagyrics by Manfred Junius. And that's probably one of my favorite books because of its practicality and just generous information all over the board. 
Oh. Is that that guy from uh, Germany? I was like in my own diving deep. I noticed there was like this guy, I think from Germany. Is that, and I think he wrote a book called Spidget. Is that that, uh, maybe not from Germany, but like he, he had these seminars people would go to. And I think he maybe passed away in like 2003 or so. Was that the same guy? Uh, that might have been Gene uh, Dubuis. Uh, he also wrote a couple books on spagyrics. And then there's also Frater Albertus, who is kind of... Um, I think that might have been... That kind of rings a bell. A bar- yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's got a lot of good books. or He's got one really good book that I like. Um, I think it's called The Alchemist's Handbook. And then... Hmm. Uh, Another interesting character that's also from Germany is Fulcanelli. He wrote a couple books that are uh, now considered to be written by Anonymous um, because they never found him. But he's got, I mean, those books are, those are deep, like deep, deep alchemy stuff. And he knows what he's talking about. He talks all about metals. Not once does he say you should eat a metal. Um <laughs> And it's all about just understanding really how to make gold from lesser metals and knowing that earth does that, you know, that's how gold's here. So it's just understanding those things. I don't claim to know very much about that subject at all, but I know he says you're not supposed to eat it. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, through all that, I, you know, I met uh, this guy, he, he runs a company called homeodynamics. Um, it's a homeopathic lab, which I worked there for two years. And before I worked for him, I, I went out to lunch with him uh, because actually an herbalist at uh, the local pharmacy, community pharmacy, like a little herbal pharmacy in Madison, Wisconsin, where I'm from, told me about him and said, you know, you have to meet this guy. If you're interested in alchemy, you just, you know, talk to him. He, he really likes teaching about it and you know, he's a cool guy. And so, yeah, I met with him for lunch, brought a notebook. We sat down, had some really good Mexican food and I took notes and he just gave me the lowdown. This is how you make a regular spagyric tincture, tincture it in a jar, filter the alcohol, take the plant, burn it. If you want to do a basic, you can just burn the, the plant to an ash and add the ash back to the tincture. Um, and then if you want to, you can, uh, you know, mix the ash with water, filter the water off that has the purified minerals in it and then recrystallize those minerals, just throwing the water in an oven on a pie plate um, and letting that water evaporate. And you, you know, if you do a good job, you'll get crystals. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So the first one I ever did was a white sage tincture and it was green, you know, as you'd expect a regular tincture to be. And, they call it the seven basics um, where you just burn the plant down to its ash, burn it real good. Make sure you go through that calcination. Um, If you don't see it turn red, don't add it back. It's just full of carbon and it's not going to taste good. Um, Mm. And so when you get it really calcined, you add those ash, uh, the ash of the plant back to the tincture of the plant. And when I did that with this white sage tincture, you know, it turned from this kind of green, you know, and it smelled strong like white sage, like typically does um, when you burn it. And then after adding the ash back over like the course of three days, the whole tincture turned into like this dark purple, like dark, you know, it looked like red wine. And 
the amount of chemical reactions that have to happen to change the overall color of a solution are, that's just astounding. There's so much chemistry in that um, to change the light wavelengths that are being absorbed. Um, and basically it's this big acid base reaction uh, between the minerals and the oils. But <clears throat> what was more fascinating was when I did that, I said to myself, this is more advanced than anything I've learned in school because in school we say, all right, A plus B equals C and D. Maybe C and D react with E and make F. Um, you know, there's, there's intermediates um, to make a, a product. But within spagyrics, it's like, you know, hey, we're going to take every single plant compound that we can extract in this solvent, which pulls tons of everything, alcohol. And then we're going to take every mineral found in the plant and react it together. Um, and to make a product that way is completely blind. Um, Rudolf Steiner's got a quote, uh, esoteric science is not the unknown science. It's the science of the unknown. And I like to say that because you know, when you're making a spagyric, you don't know what's happening. Um, you're just going off of like what they call elementals, um, you know, getting these, these fixed and volatile substances and reacting together with alcohol. Um, and you'll make these, you know, new compounds, but you don't know how they're made and you don't know essentially what is made. Um, and that's kind of the unknown science, but the fact that you can repeat that over and over and over again, that science, understanding it, we don't really know how to understand spagyrics yet. Um, and, you know, the best way is like multi-million dollar machines, which I'm still, you know, trying to get access to. But even then, it's still blind as to what compounds are being formed. But there's a ton of new compounds being formed through spagyrics, um, which really is like old school pharmacology. Um, before we erased all the references to plants, we made medicine from plants using spagyrics. So it's really like, you know, the way of, uh, you know, old pharmacies would make spagyric elixirs, essences, and tinctures um, in different ways for different plants. And those were your potent medicines. And, you know, they, they did a lot. Yeah, I know when I first started researching it, I just got really uh, giddy. Like, it just seemed like so, like a whole territory that people for some reason aren't talking about but like they used to talk about like a lot like a few hundred years ago and like the most respected people you know I think uh what was it like Newton like Isaac Newton was like one of the like alchemy that one of the later alchemists that transitioned like right before chemistry and I just thought it was super fascinating that like this whole spectrum of medicine um you know it was like it was medicine for like hundreds of years and these were like the respected people and uh, people just aren't really talking about it anymore. It's like, it's almost like it was forgotten, you know? And I'm just kind of like, when I, when I discovered it, I just like kind of got like a little obsessed. I was like binging on this information, trying to like absorb anything I could. Um, and I wanted to kind of ask your opinion of like, you know, I'm sure you're obviously taking your product a lot and I'm, I'm sure you've probably taken like regular tinctures, just alcohol extracted tinctures, like, have you noticed the difference between a, a like how you feel when taking a spagyric tincture versus just the regular like alcohol e extract? And maybe you can like give me a few examples of some testimonials like, you know, with your business. I'm sure you've heard plenty of stories of people's like energy levels and how they feel 
taking uh your spagyrics and uh yeah maybe explain a little bit of like you know what how uh what your products are about and like uh like what you know how your spagyrics make you feel uh, maybe compared to regular tinctures yeah um so there's a lot in that uh basically when you make a spagyric um so let's say for example uh you eat um you know a a fruit that has a lot of vitamin c in it um plants naturally contain esters esters are basically alcohol formations of carboxylic acids um in layman's terms, it's basically alcohol is attached to an oil or vitamin, let's say. So in the case of vitamin C, um, you bite into an orange and you get vitamin C in an esterified form. That vitamin C is way more bioavailable than, say, you take that orange and you extract just the vitamin C and crystallize it. Now you have just one very small part of that plant when it comes to herbalism and understanding plants we know and i mean we've seen it in cannabis with what they call the entourage effect if you have every compound from the plant and you eat it your body's going to have a reaction um, in herbalism they call it vital action where you can taste um, althea or marshmallow in your mouth and just the taste of it will make your lungs make more mucus and within minutes. Chemically, there's no hard wire between your mouth and your lungs. That would actually transport any compound that you put in your mouth to your lungs within minutes. And so we see a lot of different scientific that show, you know, we actually don't know how the body's reacting, but it does. And then we also know that when you don't have the full plant, your body doesn't react nearly as fast. So say you just, um, you know, you, you just take pure vitamin C, um, pure vitamin C in a packet or something from the store has an absorption below 1%. So that's why you take 8,000% of your daily value, hoping you get close to a hundred. Um, if you were to eat esterified vitamin C or something that came from a plant, uh, there's one company that claims that their esterified vitamin C has a 90 plus absorption, which means that esters could be 90 times more available. And so in the case of spagyrics, um, you know, you're making a tincture, you're taking every compound from the plant, you're getting that full entourage effect. And so just regular tincture is just the soul and spirit of a plant. There's no body. When you burn that plant and you add those minerals back to the tincture, uh, the minerals basically act as a catalyst to make what's known as esters. And so what's really neat about a spagyric is you have the full plant profile. You also are creating esterified versions of those extracted compounds to a higher degree. Um, you're basically making compounds that the plant would have made but you're making them faster, more potent. Um, and then from that, you know, say you take that orange and you make a spagyric out of it and say you're able to take that vitamin C that was in there and turn it into more of an esterified form compared to emergency or something, you know, maybe you don't have nearly as much vitamin C total, but if you have, 
uh, higher bioavailability, you can take a regular tincture, let's say, without the minerals, that's not spagyric, and you could take that and you could be all right, you know, maybe I feel a little vitamin C in that. Um, if you make a spagyric, you might esterify all of the vitamin C. So now what you're taking is maybe, let's just say, 90 times stronger. Um, and that's because your body's able to absorb it now. Um, it's in a form that your body can digest much quicker, faster. It's more water-soluble. And so a spagyric compared to a regular tincture just has a lot more information in it. Um, in terms of compounds that are easier to digest, it's also got the mineral content. Those minerals are mostly potassium carbonate, really good for the body. It's literally what your body uses to fire your muscles off is potassium. And so there's just like so many different benefits, um, within a spagyric that go from like dietary supplements to synthesis of compounds that are more absorbable, um, to higher vital action of the plant you have like the whole plant essence and like energy and you know you could explain it in those terms of like it's literally the plant in a stronger form everything that the plant had it's not just one small extract um and that's where i say you know the farther you go towards purity you know like oh wow check out this super pure extract there's no synergy there you know if you have one compound from the plant and you're disregarding the rest of the compounds, you're kind of, in my opinion, chemically disrespecting the plant by not including the other compounds because you don't think they're pure. Um, you know, all those things work together. And so, I mean, spagyrics just in general, any plant, I'd say the spagyric form can tend to be more subtle, but more penetrating, um, where you might not notice it as much. Uh, you know, in the case of an essential oil, if you put a little bit of that on your skin or your face or something, uh, which I don't recommend you do, you'll notice it because it's harsh and it's like, it's in your face. Um, you know, it's, uh, but when you make those oils into the form that's found in a spagyric, it's like more grounded. It's not, it's, it's more in a sense dilute, but more absorbable. Um, you know, you might not, feel or you might not notice it as much because it's not as harsh but it's it might have a much more profound effect um with less because it's in this form that you just can absorb so much more of yeah so like for you um like what does your uh day-to-day -day look like in the practice of you uh intaking spagyrics are you taking maybe just like you, you dedicate like one week to like one spagyric you're taking, or maybe you take like 10 in a day because you want the benefits of all these different, or are there too much? Can you take too much of it? Cause it's, you know, too much of a good thing type thing, or what's the, what do you have to say, say about that? Like, are there any kind of dangers to it? Or like, is it just one of those things that like, you'll just filter out anything that you don't need or what's, uh, what's your experience with that? Uh, if you make a good quality spagyric, you can, and if the plant is of, you know, a well-known safe herb, um, you know, there's, there's so much within that, you know, Chinese herbalism to Ayurvedic Western herbalism, um, to like Amazonian medicine and those plants, um, which I've kind of, you know, uh, worked with in all those different realms, um, 
but I'll say, uh, you know, I don't take them every day. Uh, I take them as needed. So, for example, when I was in school, the first blends I made were uh, the Concentration and the Chi Energizer. Um, basically, when I was, like, in high school, I drank a rock star energy drink every every day. Um, and I knew it was terrible. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I love caffeine and ginseng. And, you know, I, I just love waking up and just, like, going to town. Um and I was like really athletic. And then I also really liked using my brain and I take these other supplements that they call like nootropics and stuff. And, um, some of them were plant derived, like ginkgo extract. And, you know, when I was younger, I was like, you know, this is a plant that's cool. You know, I'm just going to buy this energy drink. Um, and so I made, uh, you know, during college, I, I started diving into it and I made, uh, this concentration and the chi energizer chi energizer is just a bunch of ginseng like every type of ginseng plus vitamin c and milk thistle to kind of like help your your liver digest the ginseng and then the concentration is uh go-to cola ginkgo and intellect tree seeds um and sometimes with bacopa and those are all known uh, to have like intellect tree seeds have a lot of alkaloids that stimulate the short-term memory of your brain. So, I mean, during school, I would take those every day, like all the time, you know, before a test, you know, you'd see me just down like four to six droppers of the concentration blend. <laughs> um, and then, you know, in the morning or before like weights class, I'd take the chi energizer. Um, and so, you know, I'd take them a bunch and then, you know, as things differed, uh, you know, for example, uh, about six months ago, I ended up actually fracturing my leg, um, from just like slipping and I thought I had torn my ACL, but actually my leg was broken. And I, I took a bunch of this blend called the seven roots Amazonian blend. It's mostly known as an aphrodisiac, um, but it's also really potent tonic and, two of the plants in there are used for inflammation and pain. I got more pain relief from that than like any amount of, well, I mean, I won't say any amount. I took a lot of like really potent spagyric hemp extract, like 50 to 60% CBD. Um, and that stuff, you know, it, it'd make me like, I'd get kind of high, you know, taking 500 milligrams of that at a time. <laughs> and you know, that was great, but I couldn't really do a whole lot. You know, I'm just kind of like sitting there. And so, you know, the seven roots blend was amazing because I could take a bunch of it. It was energizing. It would help with pain and it didn't have any psychedelic effects, um, especially at high potencies. So, you know, for example, I would, you know, take a whole tincture bottle and pour it in some kombucha and just drink the whole thing down. Okay. Um, and I might not take it for the rest of the week. Um, so, I mean, you can really do any kind of dosage where, you know, some plants you build up, um, your tolerance, um, some plants, when you take more, you actually lessen your tolerance as it builds up in your body, you become more saturated with it. Some of them are great to just take a bunch at one time. Um, some are great to kind of take throughout the day, um, but like I said, you know, as needed, you know, when my leg was super inflamed and I had to go, you know, vend and represent my business, I downed a whole bottle of seven roots and I got through the day, um, you know, taking a bunch of, uh, 
high CBD hemp extract in spagyric form is probably not the best idea because, you know, I got to talk to people. So, you know, there's, it really is dependent on the plant, the blend, um, and the energy that you're looking for. Um, you know, in Chinese herbalism, they say you shouldn't take ginseng every day, um, which I did for a while. And then I kind of started getting into Chinese herbalism and finding out, oh, there's herbs that can actually replenish this energy that I'm looking for. Um, and that's the eight treasures blend. And that's another one of my favorites. Um, just because you can take that one, you can actually feel like more of this uh, kind of grounded nourishing energy that is great for doing strenuous activity, but you're not going to feel like you took a bunch of ginseng and that you want to like run four blocks as fast as possible. It's more of like this, you know, all right, you know, I got energy and I'm going to use it in a, you know, kind of more strategic manner um, versus just like dumping a bunch of energy from your adrenals and your bloodstream with ginseng. So, I mean, it's highly like, you know, studying plants is synonymous with studying spagyrics. Um, if you have a good grasp on that, you can know what to take and why to take it. Yeah. I mean, plants are just so fascinating. It's like, it makes me happy to just like study them. Cause like, like you said, like the society we live in, like everyone's just like, I need energy. Let's go get rock stars. Let's get Red Bulls. But it's like, if you really just like look at what nature has to offer you, it's like, you can have all these benefits you want that will like move you forward in your growth instead of like, you know, you get the energy, but really ultimately you're hurting yourself. And uh, it just makes me so happy, you know, and I, I wish they taught us more of this in school, you know, cause then I think we'd probably just have like a more, more functional society, less like sad and anxious and overwhelmed oh, all this and yeah 100 percent. yeah um i noticed on your website uh and you mentioned there is quite a few of your uh products that have cbd in it um if not like almost like do, do, do you pretty much have like cbd like variation for like all your products i notice you um and me personally i take cbd every day it's not a spagyric so i'm kind of fascinated by um, what your intake is on, on uh, CBD spagyric form versus, you know, I take it, it's infused in MCT oil. I actually got it from a guy up in Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think, uh, George Washington hemp, uh, dot co. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I think they're based out of Denver, but I take uh CBD every day. It's an MCT oil. Um, but yeah, like I said, I noticed a lot of your products you offer that with like CBD infused in it. And uh, I imagine it's the spagyric form of CBD. Can you maybe touch up on, on that, like the difference on why you're passionate or why you choose to, you know, the differences maybe between, between spagyric CBD versus uh, regular CBD and, and why one's better than the other? Let's say. Yeah, and this really touches on a lot of our, like, cultural influences uh, that you kind of mentioned, you know, we're like, go, go, go. We want things you know, pure, they're going to work. Um, and so from an herbalist perspective, uh, what we've been doing to the hemp and cannabis plant has been like so far from treating the plant as an herb. Um, you know, uh, a lot of companies will do <clears throat> like CO2, butane, um, or even ethanol extraction, but then they'll take that extract and then they'll purify it. So you just get pure CBD with no THC. 
um, which, you know, has a big market. From an herbalist point of view, um, during that route, you're going to destroy a lot of terpenes. Um, you're going to, you're not going to have any of the minerals. Uh, you're not going to have any of the flavonoids. Um, and all those are really, really inherent in how the whole plant works on the body. If you look into any research, there's not a single research paper that says pure CBD was effective. Um, and so, you know, even if what you have is, you know, like a high quality product, say they just did an MCT oil infusion with the hemp flower, you know, that's good stuff. Um, but just the fact that we refer to it as CBD and not like hemp, you know, in a medicinal form is just, you know, also kind of misleading. Honestly, the whole hemp industry is kind of a shit show when it comes to understanding what's going on um, with all these weird laws, GW pharmaceuticals. Um, there's a lot in it. But when you do a spagyric of the hemp plant, you get out CBD. Um, a lot of the raw extracts that I make come out between 40 and 60% CBD by weight. Um, so there's tons of CBD in it, but I don't market it as a CBD product. It's hemp and it's hemp infused oil. Um, I'll make a spagyric of the hemp plant and then I'll take that extract and I'll throw it into uh, MCT oil at different potencies. And then I also take that hemp extract and put it into four different herbal blends that are meant to kind of work with the endocannabinoid system in the body. Um, but I mean, in short, a spagyric has all the cannabinoids. So it's going to have CBD, CBDA, THC, THCA, CBG, um, and it's acid form, uh, CBC. And then there's like, I mean, we know there's 116 known cannabinoids and most companies can only test for six to 12. And then on top of that, when you make a spagyric, uh, I've formed uh, a new compound that's shown up in both GC, which is gas chromatography, and in HPLC. Um, in GC, it shows up as Delta-8 THC, which is not classified as a cannabis extract. <clears throat> um, and it's basically a, a modulated form of a cannabinoid, but they don't know where it's coming from. Um, I see differences in overall like CBD content after I do a spagyric. And so some of the cannabinoids could be being turned into Delta THC, which would only be found in like messed up distillate or a spagyric. Um, in HPLC, it shows up as Delta 10 THC, which they usually don't report because they no one's discovered it yet so they actually can't there's no standards for it um so i mean i guess what i'm trying to paint as a picture here is that a spagyric of hemp contains cbd and all the other compounds of the plant that really aid in the entourage effect um which all research has shown is much more effective than cbd or thc alone and like even if you mix CBD and THC together in isolate form, it still doesn't have any comparison to just a straight alcohol extract of the plant or an MCT oil infusion of the plant. Cause you get all those terpenes and cannabinoids together. Um, but I mean, there's just, there's a lot of differences and really, you know, if you think about the plant as an herb, 
the spagyric form is the best. If you think about the plant more as a pharmaceutical source for a drug, CBD isolates the best. Um, both differ drastically in their effectiveness. Yeah, I, I'm excited to try it. Um, y'all, y'all, can y'all ship to? Because uh, I know you, I know you mentioned in that list you have THC in some of your uh, hemp. Um, could y'all ship to? I'm here in Louisiana. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, but can y'all ship outside of Colorado? Because I know, the, like you said, man, the laws are weird. You know, they well, just, so yeah, yeah. I mean, the laws basically say if you're using CBD isolate. Um, that's kind of a no-no in some states because uh, we can thank GW Pharmaceuticals. I think they're selling their uh, CBD like pill for like $32,000 a year or something. And then in those states where they get that bill passed, they ban CBD to be used as a dietary supplement. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's a whole jumble of really just like a lot of information that's hard to digest. Um <clears throat> And so in some states, CBD isolate is illegal. Um, for example, like California just banned it. And then I think like there's a couple states around Colorado. Um, and then the kind of the trick is, is if you use hemp as the ingredient, but you don't label CBD or THC content, they're natural occurring uh, chemicals from an industrial crop. Industrial crops are like corn and, corn and soy. So based on the way that I label my products, it's just a hemp product, pure and simple. And because of that, I can ship it anywhere. Um, even though it does contain trace amounts of THC all below the legal limit for a hemp product. Um, so, I mean, there's no problems there. If I were to, you know, straight up put CBD um, on my product, I might not be able to ship it to some states based on their laws. But as just a hemp product that has a total cannabinoid content of, say, like 250, 500, 1,000, or 1,500 milligrams per bottle, it's just a, it's just a hemp product. It's like buying hemp seed at Whole Foods. Um, mm. There's no laws against it. You know, it's like if you went to the store and you were going to buy a poppy seed bagel, but they labeled it as, uh, you know, here's how much opium is in our <laughs> poppy seed bagel. It would be yeah. illegal. Um, yeah. But it's just a poppy seed bagel, so they let you buy it. And right. It doesn't say anything about its opium content. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think it's crazy how, like, you know, they are even criminalizing in any way this plant because, like, hemp's the shit, man. It's just, like, so valuable. It's, like, you know, even, like, our whole country was kind of, like, based on this plant. Like, from what I've read, like, hemp was just, like, so... I think I don't know if this is like a myth or something I heard, but I think our like constitution was like written on hemp paper or something. Oh, it was, it was written on hemp paper, and then <laughs> also what was interesting is the first Ford Model T, the first car that Ford rolled out, um, was made to run off of diesel made from hemp oil. I mean, that's how much hemp oil, and this is from the seed um, we were producing to turn it into basically like a form of diesel gasoline and run our cars off of it. Um, you know, it was huge as a cash crop. Um, and I mean, if you think about taking gasoline from a plant that's absorbing carbon out of the air, I mean, that's just totally in line with the carbon cycle. I mean, I can't say enough about how awesome hemp is. 
Um, but you know, if we did depend on it for our energy, it's so much better than, you know, pulling carbon out of the ground yeah. and burning it versus, uh, and so, you know, we might see some of that pop up in the coming years as hemp gets more and more popular and is grown in larger amounts and we get processing facilities for it. Cause that's really the, um, the barrier to entry for a lot of companies is, you know, we're used to chopping down corn, um, you know, chopping down hemp is just a, you know, we got to have different machines for it. Right. Um, yeah, man, I, I could, I could talk about that forever. It's just the benefits of hemp are crazy. Like from like hemp Crete, you know, like you make houses out of hemp and you can make uh, clothes out of hemp and it's like a superfood. It can do all these like such amazing things. And I'm just like, I'm excited that like, I feel like more and more people are, uh, like waking up to the fact that like, you know, a lot of people will just like think because it's related to marijuana, like they kind of get like bad juju vibes. From oh, yeah. Them. The devil's lettuce, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, when you even look at like the polls, man, like even when we talk about marijuana, like, uh, you know, the t- I, I, I think aren't they like the same plant? I'm not really sure. I think maybe hemp is just like lower THC form and marijuana is like higher THC. But even if you look at polls, like most people want marijuana legalized. Like, even if we're talking about it from that spectrum, um, I'm pretty sure like it's polling at like over 50%, like for people just wanting to legalize marijuana, not even hemp. So like, I don't know why we don't as a society just embrace like the true potential of this plant all the way from, you know, (laughs) you know, diesel to uh, making houses to clothes to food to, you know, I've heard there's over like 10,000, uses that we've like made for hemp and it's just like i don't know man it's just one of those really exciting things to to uh see how how our uh you know culture kind of evolves to go back to what we've been knowing for a long time somehow forgot um yeah i mean there's a bunch of conspiracies about it i mean most of the industry was against it and that's just pure and simple um a lot of the uh psychedelic effects of cannabis were popularized by the government supposedly to like make people think you know oh this is terrible you're gonna have like have threesomes and go crazy and laugh yeah, too much for madness yeah and so i mean there's just a, a lot of funny things about it but it er- it is really uh, a really cool time to be alive i mean despite all that you know there's a lot of bad you know, shit going down and there's a lot of really cool stuff. Like, you know, if I were alive 500 years ago, I might have to like run away um, from the, you know, whoever was in charge, uh, you know, like back in the day, the inquisition, um, the time of like John D um, queen Elizabeth, the first, I mean, if you were doing alchemy, you know, there's like, you know, the Salem witch trials, if you had any herbal knowledge, we're going to throw you in a river. Um, Yeah. And like, you know, there's just so much suppression that was about it. But, you know, today we're legalizing hemp and cannabis. I'm able to hold classes on spagyrics and alchemy. And, you know, there's no Roman soldiers coming to burn my house down. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool time that we're really enabled by information, education. And I mean, we have so many resources today compared to five six hundred years ago so i mean i think we can create a lot of really good good stuff for our friends our family we can make really cool businesses and um you know i'm looking forward to uh just continuing to push the envelope on that and 
you know yeah absolutely man and it's just like uh even just compared to like 20 years ago like you know i like found you on instagram just like dm'd you was like hey man like you're doing some awesome stuff like let me pick your brain and then all of a sudden like wham bam just like that we're having a conversation about it you know and trying to spread the knowledge on on some medicine and things like that and you know speaking of that you, you mentioned some of your classes like how are some ways people who may be listening in how can they like do you have any online classes or do you have to be in Colorado to go take them or what kind of, uh, how would you recommend anyone who may be listening to, and they're interested in, in learning more about spagyrics, how would you recommend, you know, other than those books you mentioned um, to dive into some of your work and maybe just the work of spagyrics? Yeah. So I, I really like educating people. Um, so I, I think it's only like two months old, but uh, I've been teaching classes for the last three years um, kind of like honing my, my, my presentation and, uh, information. And so I do teach classes around the Boulder, Colorado area, um, mostly in Nederland, which is uh, a city closest to where I live. Um, but then I have a recorded version that has a video and then I also just have a straight up MP3 version. Um, and that's available for download on the website and that's evolvedalchemy.com. And then also on there, if you go to, uh, I think it's under like a education and then there's the online classes. Um, and then there's classes on spagyric preparation. Those are the hands on classes that I teach. Um, really you get the same class with the online version and the online version I've recorded, I think is a, a pretty good one. Um, and where you get to just hear a lot of different topics about spagyrics and alchemy, the background of alchemy, kind of like where we've come from, how we've gotten here. And then also there's another tab called educational resources. And that tab has downloadable versions for free of the three books I mentioned uh, by Frater Albertus, Jean Dubuis and um, Manfred Junius. Um, those are like, just the best introductory uh, introductory books to spagyrics. And I mean, they get deep quick. Um, mm. And so, yeah, those are for free to download. And then my class kind of uh, helps decipher a lot of things that may be kind of confusing regarding those. So I highly recommend people to just read because it's free. Um, and then, you know, when you read it a couple of times and uh, you start to kind of get a grasp on things, taking the class would be a great way to review and then also kind of further um, insights into different concepts and stuff in alchemy. Um, but uh, yeah, the MP3 version is like 25 bucks and then the video version is 50 bucks. There's two classes. And then if you become a member and this is something that I do for my products and why I think, you know, my business has done well, is uh, for $125 a year, you get 50% off all the products, um, including the hemp. And really, that allows you to get cheaper prices than you can find in any store for, you know, as high as a quality as I think is found um, on hemp and other herbal tinctures. And uh, if you do get that membership, you also get 50% off the classes, too. Um, and so that's kind of a neat option. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds really cool, man. I'm excited to go check that out. Uh, I was digging around your website a little bit, but I guess I wasn't digging around hard enough because uh, I went to the library, I was looking up spagyrics, but it was right there in front of my face. I didn't even find it. 
Um, so, so if someone were to like, if you were to recommend and someone's like excited to go check out your website and they want to try some of your spagyrics, where would you recommend uh, some of the products um, that they start? You know, because a lot of people can be a little intimidated by herbs. Like, what do I take? What should I uh, do? Like, what do you recommend is a, like a nice little blend to just dive into the whole spagyric experience? Um, I really like, uh, so I mean, a lot of the products I, I've made are kind of inspired by essentially my daily life. Um, I like to study, I like to be active. So, I mean, there's your concentration, your chi energizer. Um, and then from time to time, you know, I get hurt or I like to have some stuff for digestive, um, immune support, the, the hemp blends can be really good for both. Um, there's like the green dragon, which is, uh, I mean, it's spicy, but it, it works. Um, that's hemp, turmeric, ginger, cayenne, um, and black pepper. And that's just all about, um, inflammation, getting the blood moving. Um, the Venus flower also really amazing. Um, that's more of a nerving blend. So if you're taking CBD to calm down, that could be really great. Um, and that's got blue Lotus in it. Uh, that's the Egyptian blue Lotus, um, which is an aphrodisiac. It's got some alkaloids in it and then, uh, cacao, um, and, uh, wood betony. So it's, it's more of like a nerving blend. Um, but that one's awesome. And then, uh, if you don't want to do the CBD route, um, and you want a more energizing kind of aphrodisiac, um, Aphrodite's love that was inspired by, uh, this really intense, uh, cacao, um, which is basically just a super high dose of chocolate. Um, but I did this cacao ceremony at this music festival I was vending and I took a bunch of blue Lotus and Shazandra and, you know, later in the night, I'm like, you know, what's going on? I feel like I'm floating. This is really weird. And um, it was because of the cacao I took, and that blend was inspired by that that moment. Um, so yeah, it's uh, basically you just take a bunch of cacao with blue lotus, shizandra, um, and then there's a little bit of cinnamon and cayenne to kind of just help it cross your blood brain barrier a little quicker. Gives it a little spice. That one is awesome to take out if you're going out either. You know, if you're a drinker or not, you know, going out and um, it's really social. Um, and then the seven roots and the eight treasures are two blends that I've recently made. Um, seven roots is also potent aphrodisiac and tonic, but it's also really good for like arthritic type inflammation that sometimes, um, hemp and cannabis can't really touch. And that just works in a completely different way from the Amazon. Um, those herbs are harvested by the Matzas tribe and they're like this badass tribe in the Amazon. That's like, broken down and protested the uh deforestation and i mean they're they're just badasses um and then uh yeah the eight treasures is like more of an adrenal nourishing blend for people who you know maybe you drink a bunch of coffee and that works for you but you can take herbs that can help replenish your adrenals um which is basically what gets taxed uh by drinking lots of copious amounts of caffeine um and then, yeah, uh, man, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got some caffeine blends, the mate latte, um, that one's kind of popular. Um, but I mean, those are all great intros. Any of the signature blends are really good. And then there's stuff that I have, I call, um, 
well, I don't call their, they're called herbal elixirs on the website. And those are really potent forms of the plant. And basically like about a gram of extract is what you'll find in a bottle. Um, but it's in this really potent form. So you can just like eat it. Um, and it's really similar to like what they call plant stone. Um, it's on its way to becoming a plant stone, which is kind of this esoteric etheric substance. Um, but it's just all the plant compounds together in one very potent form. But I mean, all the, all the stuff is, I mean, it can be really fun. It can be really good for you. And I try and make my blends tailored to, you know, just the general well-being of people, um, you know, whether they're looking for energy, digestive problems, immune support, you know, all across the board. Um, and I'm always coming up with new blends. Um, I'm, I'm in what about the- for, uh, what about, sorry to cut you off. What about for uh, like bone healing? My aunt recently slipped and hurt her hip. I gave her some CBD lotion that I got from, uh, from the Denver company and she noticed the pain relief be pretty beneficial. Um, mm-hmm. what would you recommend for helping her maybe with her, uh, bone recovery, her joints? She basically long story short, she like had to get like, I think like the ball that's connected to her hip and her leg, like is now oh. like something different. It's like metal now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's like, she's, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if she got her whole hip replaced, but I think like the, I don't know, like basically she kind of, she slipped wrong and, and just had some major surgery like overnight, you know what I mean? And th- this was a little while ago, maybe like two, three months, but it was going to be like a year long recovery. So I've been kind of making her bone broth and making her all these like things that I could to just try to help her heal better. Yeah, um, man. But from, That's from, the best. From, yeah, I, I get down on bone broth. <laughs> I'm about to, uh, I, I've made like uh you know, we're, we're all in a crawfish down here in Louisiana, and I just got one of those big old crawfish pots and uh, threw a bunch of bones, some beef bones from uh, uh, the farm and just made like five gallons at one time and froze it all. Just kind of give it to the fams. But I want to make some with a uh, reishi mushroom. I know you mentioned that before. Yeah, so reishi's I good. Um, yeah. I mean, what I did when I broke my leg, um, I mean, it was like a fracture, but I didn't actually know my leg was broken. Um, okay. I was like walking around the whole time, but, uh, I took a bunch of hemp and the elixir form of it has potassium in it. Um, and basically you can get these modulated cannabinoids. A lot of CBD is supposed to be really good for stimulating bone growth. And then on top of that, I took a lot of the seven roots, um, and that's a blend that has chuchuwasi, which is this plant that's like the go-to plant in the Amazon. If you're traveling and your muscles hurt or you're just in pain due to inflammation, you make this chuchuwasi um, tea and you drink it. And it's like if your back hurts, you're, you got like achy joints, whatever, that one's like the go-to. Um, and so those two are really good together. I'm going to be releasing this like hemp elixir stuff. Um, it's, I don't know. It's like this weird salt that's coming out of my MCT oil infusions. But what's interesting is if you test it, there's not really any cannabinoids in it, but if you eat like half a gram of it, you'll feel some kind of like psychedelic, like really, really body heavy effects. Um, and so, I mean, it's in this weird realm where it's this water soluble, but, I took a bunch of that stuff and 
I think that's what really helped my knee um, along with tons of bone broth. So, I mean, I think those three things together um, could really help just heal bones, help with the pain and uh, you know, really also help your body get moving. And that's like the seven roots blend. And also the eight treasures is good for that too. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited. I'm going to check it out and get some, uh, get, try some of your products. I'll uh, send her some as a little gift and make sure she's get that, that healing process going. Well, uh, Warren, man, I really appreciate it. You know, I don't want to take up too, too much more of your time. Um, so the best for anyone who may be listening, um, what are the best ways to link with you? It was, what was it? Evolvedalchemy.com. And you're, I know you're also at a, was it Evolve Alchemy on Instagram? Are there any other uh, good ways to, to get connected with you? That's it. I mean, you can send me an email at warren at evolvedalchemy.com. Um, there's also the office and the, uh, business cell numbers online at evolvedalchemy.com. Um, and you know, I like, I like education, uh, but really the website's the best way to get in contact with me. Usually pretty responsive. You can also check out, like, like you said, the Instagram has a lot of cool media that doesn't make its way onto the website. Um, and then you can also follow Evolved Alchemy on Facebook, um, and just, you know, stay connected, um, get updates on classes or events that I'll be going to and potentially running the elixir bar, um, or just, uh, teaching classes like the good medicine confluence out here in Colorado. So yeah, definitely stay connected and, um, you know, questions, information, you know, I always say, you know, read some books. Um, and then if you have some pretty deep questions, you know, always feel free to send me an email. I'd, love sharing my information and bringing more of a, a scientific mindset to things that are much more esoteric and energetic. So, I mean, that's, um, that's my strength. Absolutely. I really appreciate you, what you're doing too, you know, just like healing the world one person at a time and teaching people how to, how to go about that process to, you know, heal where you may not be able to go. And it's just, I don't know, the more you dive into herbs, the more excited you get, or at least that's how I feel. And uh, it's, it's just fun to see how, how these uh, herbs can optimize your consciousness and just, like, see the potential of, of, like, who you can be by just trying some of these herbs. And, and that's what fascinates me and gets me uh, really, really excited about it. Um, but, but, yeah, is there anything you want to you wanna say before we wrap this up? You know, I know it's, it's maybe, well, it's not too, too late, but I know uh, you probably got things to do. You got to things you got to take care of. Is there anything you want to say before we, uh, before we sign off? Um, not entirely. I, uh, just want to thank you for reaching out and, you know, taking the time with me to do this. And, uh, I mean, I like talking and I mean, there's just a ton of information that I could go on and on about. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the scratch the surface, you know, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to not go super deep sometimes with me. So, um, yeah, thanks for also just keeping things on track. And, uh, yeah, like I said, really appreciate your time. And, uh, I want to send you some, uh, some samples of that hemp elixir for your grandma and just see, uh, you said is your grandma, your mother is my, it's my aunt. Oh, your aunt. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I would appreciate that, man. That'd be so great. I'd, yeah. I'd highly appreciate it. I'm excited to check out your, uh, courses too. Um, and, and like from that course, do you feel like I can learn like some practical, like I watched the course, I'm like, okay, now I can start 
is it more informational because i either way i love information i can just like be you know just dive deep into like the knowledge of it or or do you feel like after i take the course it'll be some like practical like all right here's what you got to do to get some spagyrics rolling um what's your input on 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 that i try to make it both informational and practical um but i'll tell you you get way more information than i got when i started making spagyrics um and so i mean there's definitely a lot there but i know there's also a lot that is just kind of unknown to most people, but I'd really try and make it like super thorough. There's, um, I talk about where to get some equipment, what types of equipment you'll need. And there's pictures and videos of like spagyric reactions happening. So you get to see these new compounds be formed and, you know, get really get inspired with the whole process. Um, but I'd say, yeah, it's, um, I try and make it really practical as well and just more informational um with the whole subject so you know like i say you're the alchemist you can do whatever you want um with the plant and the process and that's really just the goal is just to educate people there's no true way to make a spagyric in my opinion there might be a better way um than others and that all comes down to what you're trying to make from it so um yeah, I mean, right. I, I encourage you to check you it out and here, bro. <laughs> start making some tinctures, man. I, I think if more people start making spagyrics, I mean, dude, we're, we're going to have a much better, you know, just world. I mean, that's really why I educate people is because I want people to make spagyrics at home for their friends and family and make that popular because, I mean, the class basically goes through like the deep chemistry of it and then an alchemical breakdown, but Spagyrics literally is how we came up with pharmaceutical drugs. And if we could make our own compounds using plants in our backyard that we can grow ourselves, I mean, and then making them really potent at the same purity and potency as a pharmaceutical. I mean, we got medicine in our backyards grown all over the place and we just are, you know, getting spoon fed this stuff that really just comes with a bunch of side effects um, and so, I mean, that's really the big push for me is, you know, more than anything, I want to change the world by educating people about spagyrics, getting more people involved and inspired and, you know, like helping your aunt yourself, you know, and, um, that's, that's really the most important thing. Yeah, man. And that's like a whole nother deep conversation. In its own, like, man, in our backyard, we're putting weed killer on dandelion thinking that it's like a weed but it's like as i grew to like learn more it's like dandelions one of the most medicinal things ever like can cure cancer type thing you know allegedly and not yeah. fda approved or whatever but you know what i mean like and and nettle that's another thing too like i'm i've been obsessed with nettle leaf for uh, quite a few years uh yeah i've been more obsessed recently with dandelion root and uh just the power of these herbs man it just gets me really excited and uh makes me excited to like wake up every morning to like try something new and see how it affects oh, me and yeah, affects my mood it affects my mindset it's there's just, so it's just much like... out there and there's this one uh, herbalist around here her name's brigitte mars um something i really like that she says that i think is interesting is uh invasive plants aren't like invasive in a bad way she says that most of those plants are like almost trying to like get your attention because we might need them. And for example, one of them's Japanese knotweed, super invasive plant, really hard to kill. Um, 
It also has been shown in China to be really good for tons of different types of cancer. And it's literally infesting our yards. Um, and so it's just an interesting concept to, you know, live in a city and have these, you know, so-called invasive plants that we're spraying poisons on um, that actually we could pick those things and make medicine and have some really, really available, sustainably grown medicine because it's, it's invasive. It's growing abundantly um, and using it. And I just think that's like, you know, there could be so much to plant consciousness and how it interacts with our, you know, the, the human um, in so many different ways. It's like, you know, maybe these plants are trying to get our attention um, because we could use them. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, go out there and pick some herbs that, you know, definitely aren't sprayed with uh, any, any weed killer. That's for sprayed. sure. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. They poison our waters and everything man that's a whole nother conversation well all right brother like real quick shout out i appreciate everything you're doing and i appreciate you also like offering your uh course for so affordably you know like something like that you could easily charge in my opinion way more than what you're charging and you're being so generous generous with your knowledge and everything you're sharing so i I really appreciate everything you're doing i'm excited to go go home and, and check it out and uh you know you kind of filtered all the information down from what i can hear to exactly what i want to see so I'm excited to check out your work, man, and, and kind of dive into some of that, some of that knowledge you've cultivated for me or curated for me, rather. So. Right on. Well, yeah, man. Uh, thanks a lot for having me, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll stay in touch, man. All right, brother. Thanks, man. And uh, maybe one day we can have round two and uh, keep diving even deeper. <laughs> yeah, no, I can go deeper. So you just let me know, man. Uh, like I said, I appreciate it, and uh, have a good rest of your night. And everyone else who's listening, also have a good good rest of your your day or night and uh encourage you to dive into some herbal medicine spagyrics perfect all right thanks brother talk to you soon yep bye